I am recording. <laughs> I am recording too. Excellent. Okay. We are recording. And we are ready to begin. Usually we um, have that little pause at the beginning because we're using... Um, call recorder. Waiting call recorder for, waiting for, for Skype. It to, waiting for it to, to start up. And this time there is no uh, waiting for it to start up. We have already started up. I know. How are you today, Joe? I'm okay. It, oh. It, it's a Monday. <laughs> it is a Monday. Mm-hmm. I f- yeah. Sometimes I forget that Mondays are um so well typically mondays are uh off our days on which i am off off on which i am off on anyway i'm usually uh fully off on mondays and so my uh start of the week is a tuesday and tuesdays are also my busiest days of the week Uh. so i i but i'm also not of the mind I don't know why this bothers me so much, but it really, for some reason, you know what really grinds my gears? When people say um, X day is my Friday or X day is my Monday. It's like, no, Monday is Monday and is always Monday. And I know what they mean. I I get it, but I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. So I very much try to avoid saying that. But if I were of that camp, I guess I would say that Tuesdays are my Mondays. But I Mm. wouldn't say that ever. Mm Because it wouldn't. annoys me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you get off on Mondays, so that's good. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, wait, was was something I said funny? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I I yeah I I don't know. I have a more traditional work week for the most part, except uh, when things get very busy, then my my Fridays become Saturdays, and uh, then my Fridays also become. Sundays too, and so sometimes I have a, a week that goes uh, Friday to Monday. <laughs> but oh uh, if, you th- if you think about it that way, in the way that you hate, uh, but <laughs> it is it is uh, daunting when that occurs because then you sort of lose track of uh, time, uh, any sort of definition in, in space and time. And that also happens when I have like a long vacation period, or when I have been briefly unemployed over the years, or something like that, or you have like a school break or something, where it's just like there's no structure to the week then. And then every day just kind of blends in together. And if you're not interacting or going out into the world on a specific day, you might even forget like, oh, right, everyone else is out busy right now. Like this is a peak traffic time. Um, This is, you know, uh, a time when the the town is dead. This is a time when shops are closed because before 10 a.m. on a Sunday, Uh you know, Um, this is all those kinds of things that you think about later. But yeah, a time time. How does it work? Who knows? Why does it work? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Time is the fire in which we burn. But on that cheerful note, it's been a while (laughs) since we talked and uh, a lot of things have happened for you and for the world um, and for (laughs) technology, I guess. Yeah. Technology in general. Yeah. Um, A lot, a lot has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, When was the last time that we... I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. But I I mean, we missed the entire run of Elon Musk being on the Twitter board. Oh, my Um, God. That (laughs) one just flew by, did it not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, There and gone again. Oh, boy. By Elon Musk. Mm. (laughs) That, um, I was, it was interesting that 
it seemed to be all but set in stone. They should not have said that he was on the board before he was on the board is what I'm, what mm-hmm. I'm trying to uh, get at. It, it, it boggles the mind that they were like, yeah, he's on the board. And then the CEO was like, yeah, he's on the board. And then, um, what's his face? Jack Dorsey was like, Oh, so happy to have him on the board. And then come to find out he hadn't even accepted being on the board yet. Um, people are saying it's because the people are saying it's because he is limited to the amount of the company he can purchase if he becomes a board member. But by not being on the board, he is not limited to making purchases of uh, Twitter stock and therefore could become an even more powerful shareholder. Although I don't know how you become a more powerful shareholder than just being the person with the most stake in the company in the first place. Like if you're already, if you're already the, if you already own the most of the company in comparison to everyone else, how is it possible to become more, uh, quote unquote, powerful by owning more of the stock. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, I feel like we need to bring back um, movies like from the 80s and early 90s about like violent, uh, hostile takeovers that occurred on corporate boards and stuff from, from uh, you know, meddling st- uh, shareholders. But because that, that is kind of what's, I think he's going to ultimately want here is just like, I, I will just keep buying up the company and then maybe I'll ally myself with some of the other people involved, some hedge funds or something, and then, We'll buy up the rest of it until I can change the management of the company. Um, maybe Elon, Elon Musk wants to be a CEO or just install his own puppet CEO or something. Uh, it seems he has his sights set on running it for some reason that is not clear to me because dude, dude's got a lot going on uh, on his plate right now. So go do that. Um, maybe you could try reconciling with your uh, mother of your children or something it could be something you could do with your free time uh instead of like try to run twitter uh but that (laughs) that is just you know not for me to decide what he chooses to do as a hobby as a uh absolutely uh i was i was gonna say uh imbalanced maybe but that is uh, perhaps diagnosing him a little he's uh not necessarily like other people in terms of how he chooses to focus and spend his time on things uh and his reactions that he has to uh being told no uh or being limited in certain contexts uh so yeah who who knows where this is ultimately going to wind up being but if it is a uh, ceo elon musk or you know sole proprietor elon musk or elon musk's like puppet leader whatever situation then I think uh, there's going to be a lot less about Twitter that'll be appealing um, in that case. Mm -hmm. And there's already just vanishingly uh, less that is appealing about Twitter uh, for the most part. So I don't I don't know what that's necessarily going to get anybody. But, you know, if anything, it doesn't seem like it's happening next week. So that's good. But uh, yeah, just kind of wild. It's yeah, it's going to take a while, but it's still uh, it's still going to happen at some point. I that I still like Twitter. I like I like scrolling through tweets and seeing things that that people say in many cases. And um, I don't want it to just become NFT central and, Mm. uh, you know, some weird weird place for strange elitists 
Well, it seems more so than it already is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's a place where one can sort of like cultivate their cult of personality. Um, they can, they can get all of the people who are out there doing their thing to sort of like buy into their, I don't know, prosperity gospel of like purchase Bitcoin like I do, you know, buy into Doug, Doug coin, uh, buy, buy into Tesla stock, buy whatever I tell you to buy. Cause you're, you're going to do what I, I say because you see my success as something that you could be successful in. Um, that sort of weird elaborate Ponzi scheme and, and uh, my ability to manipulate or control my followers is what, you know, ultimately it, uh, is what I find gratitude, uh, grat- uh, gratifying and gives me the, these mental endorphin boost that I need um, in my day. Uh, so I don't know. That just seems like the direction that rich tech wild people like to go uh, like Elon, like Peter Thiel, like, all these other people um just sort of like i am so clever i will manipulate all these people who are less clever than me into Mm -hmm. buying things i tell them to buy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) speaking of being manipulated into buying things how are you liking your new mac studio and mac studio display (laughs) so the manipulation um uh I so here's the deal. I this this was my first M1 machine. And I've been wanting to have an Apple Silicon machine, um, mostly because I am a weirdo who likes to who likes the idea of being able to run some iOS apps on my Mac. Um, so, and that's particularly because of this show that I do iOS today. I always knew that I was going to find value in that very specific thing that for the most part does not exist on Intel machines. Um, So whether it was going to be a a Mac mini, a Mac studio, which at the time we didn't know existed, um, or a MacBook of some sort, I knew that I wanted to get an Apple Silicon machine. And I started to feel like the best machine for me was going to be the at the time I was saying the next Mac mini that Apple releases will be the one that I get uh, because I almost exclusively work at my desk, except when I go into the office for the shows that I do there. So I would have my portable uh, computer to be able to do work stuff when I'm at work and uh, to to be able to do the shows that I do while I'm at work. And everything else, including iOS today and the um, non-Twitch shows that I do, would all be able to take place on uh, the Mac Mini. Apple didn't announce a Mac Mini. They announced a Mac Studio. And so that was the one that I wanted to get. Um, It was interesting because I... I'm really happy to have the studio display. And I thought um, whenever Apple announced it, I certainly thought about getting it anyway. But it was funny because the way that I ended up getting a studio display was a a bit of, um, of I don't know, bargaining that didn't even need to take place uh, in the sense that we were... Uh, Leo and I were covering the event live as it was taking place, talking about it, yada, yada, yada. And they announced the Mac Studio with the M1 Max and the Mac Studio with the M1 Ultra. The M1 Ultra is like $2,000 more than the M1 Max is. And so as we were kind of, you know, I I said that I wanted the next computer to be whatever mini that they came out with and uh so leo knew that going in and so he was like um 
as we were kind of doing the show, he's like, okay, you can, you can definitely order the M1 Max. And he, of course, was going to order the M1 Ultra. Um, and it ended up being a, a computer that uh, Lisa was is using because she does actually quite a bit of um, coding type stuff on her machines. And anyway, he... I don't know if he thought that this was the case or if he was just sort of trying to do a bit of appeasing or something, but I, I never gave the indication that I was unsatisfied or dissatisfied with the fact that um, I would be getting the M1 Max, but he's like, and since you have to get the M1 Max, uh, you should get a studio display too. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, gladly. Um, so I ordered the studio display, but all of that's to say, I think that I would have purchased the studio display with my own money, even if that hadn't kind of come as a package deal as a sort of, sorry, we can't get you the Ultra, but uh, we'll get you the M1 Max and the studio display to go with it. Uh, because the studio display is the more exciting thing for me. Um, I don't care about the webcam because I always knew that I was going to have to use an external webcam for the work that I do. I can't use a low-quality built-in web camera. That just is not a possibility for me. So I would have been okay even if there wasn't a webcam included in the monitor. What I wanted was retina display in front of my face uh, versus these uh, old Dell monitors that I have that are, they're ultra sharp, but they're old school. So they're not as um, high resolution. They're not retina. Is that the one where it's like somewhere between HD and UHD where it's like, I don't know, 1440 or something? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's the kind of monitor uh, um, my boyfriend Jason has uh, is, is that kind of Dell one. Yeah. And they're, they're really nice and have worked for me for, for years, but I missed having, so Here's the other thing is um, when I moved to California in the first place, um, the first thing that I unpacked was my office and I had to do it kind of quickly. I had to get things set up in a quick way so that I was able to get things uh, rolling for a podcast that I had, you know, in the, maybe the day after or a couple of days after. So I set things up in a quick way, not how I used to have them in my uh, office in Missouri. And because life gets in the way, and also because I have ADHD and uh, tasks that require lots of decision making in the moment, which includes uh, organization and that kind of thing, are a much more difficult thing. And uh, all of those things combine that I never set up my office in the way that it used to be, where I had these nice bookshelf speakers uh, that were the output for my audio. And I never, um, I, I like the, the best edition that I made was the, the CalDigit doc that I added um, that takes care of most of the stuff now. But like I, I have a, a dual monitor arm that I never set up. I'm just using the, uh, the Dell, uh, bases that came with them, which is not how I originally had it. I had them up on, you know, vase amounts to the, the dual monitor arm. And I had these really cool like shelves, uh, these glass shelves that sat on top of the desk that then things could go on top and below to make more room. Haven't set those up ever. Um, so because of that, I was so pumped to have a monitor that is also, uh, speakers and has some um, 
docking style stuff on the back of it, you know, can be the charger, all of that kind of stuff uh, for, you know, whatever you connect to it. And where some people, you know, they're like, oh, but the, you know, the, the real deal is by having external speakers that you attach. And the real deal is having this and that and the other. I didn't really need or want all of that. I was happy to have this all in one display like I used to have with a Thunderbolt display. And so other people grouse about the fact that it doesn't have um, 120 hertz refresh rates. I don't care at all about that. I just wanted, um, and in fact, this the display is more than I would want. I don't care about 4Ks or 5Ks either, frankly. And you know, this has 5K uh, Retina resolution, and that's fantastic, cool, awesome. I care more about having this kind of all-in-one device that will serve as the speakers and um, the charging station if I want it to be. Uh, and, and if I connect my MacBook Pro to it instead of my Mac Mini at any time, that it can also charge that um, and serve as, as the display for that. So that's what was important to me. That's why I was so excited about the studio display over even the Mac Studio itself. Um, but all that said, Mac Studio obviously um a really great device that uh it runs zippy quick it's uh doesn't spin up its fans every five seconds like my macbook pro does i that is the one thing about like i have let me see just a moment of of bragging about the macbook pro that i have it's an intel mac but it's got uh, 2.4 gigahertz, 8-core Intel Core i9, 32 gigabytes of memory. Um, it's got the discrete AMD Radeon Pro 5600 um, graphics. And it has, what is the other thing? Oh, 2 terabytes. I, I have the 2 terabyte um, Mac, uh, MacBook Pro. So like, it's a powerful machine. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's the 16-inch model, too, which, I, you know, lots of screen, but the fans are almost always on with what seems like the most bare minimum of tasks, the, the fans still spin up, and that just gets, that just gets old. Um, so, yeah, that, that part kind of um, makes me happy about the, the Mac Studio. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, the other thing is with the Mac Studio, one feature that I miss having um is the ability ability to lay my finger on the keyboard and have it unlock um i don't have one of those like way too expensive keyboards <laughs> that you can buy that has touch id built in mm-hmm. so that part kind of sucks but again that's what you know is that even worth complaining about whenever you have this very expensive machine not really no i mean it's it's worth mentioning i think cuz i think I would never use that keyboard anyways, even if it was cheaper, because I just prefer to have a different keyboard than that. Um, so it, it's a valid thing to say. Um, I'm not sure where else you could put a fingerprint reader uh, on anything in order to make that make sense. But I'm glad that you like it, and I'm glad that uh, the fans are not spinning up as much. Uh, I have a, a older machine, so mine is the uh, 2.6 gigahertz i has i7. 15-inch MacBook Pro uh, Retina thingy with one terabyte and the Radeon Pro 560X with four gigabytes of dedicated graphics memory. Um, so it's it's kind of like 
it's not a slow poke, but like you said about fans and stuff, um, if it decides that I am doing something that is playing video too fast, sometimes the, the fans will spin up or, you know, like, and that could be anything from like a YouTube video to, uh, you know, how I have to use a virtual desktop environment. Um, if I am playing back video on through that virtual desktop environment, then a hundred percent, the fans are kicking on. Um, and it just sounds like a small jet engine is going to be taking off from my desk, but it is not <laughs> a jet engine. It is a very tiny laptop. Uh, but you know, I, it, it does afford a certain level of flexibility. So I'm willing to accommodate that in some contexts. I think it's interesting though, what you get with the monitor that you have is you basically sort of eliminate the need for your Cal digit doc. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. So that is, um, that's one of the things that I, I kind of, I'm, you know, looking at my Cal digit doc, like, Oh, I, I love you, but I don't really need you now with the, with the Mac studio. It, it, it takes care of all of that. And it, there's something to be said for having as much of it be first party as possible because of there's just always going to be some little thing, you know, like with the Cal digit doc, as much as I love it and I hype it up and, and I genuinely do think it's great. You still did have to, to get the most out of it. You had to install some firmware. So and, and that works fine. Like, I'm not saying that the firmware broke it or anything like that. The firmware works fine. But the fact that you ended up having to install some firmware to get the like full charging ability out of it means that it is not at its just default a sort of plug and play operation. It's not as close to the metal as you can get, I guess mm-hmm. is, is what I mean. So I like that I can have everything because whenever I would have issues um, with a webcam or some other device not working and I just plug it directly into the MacBook Pro, then it would it would most likely fix it. You know, nine times out of ten it that would fix the problem. Cause there was just there was nothing in the way of it being kind of talking directly to it. So I don't know how much, you know, to give to lend credence to that in terms of what if that was really what was going on or if it was just that you're turning it off and back on again that mm-hmm. made it work. But in any case, I do I am kind of uh of the mind that as much as I possibly can, I want to have uh the connections be as close to the chips that are built into the Mac as possible. Yeah, I and I think that it is also important um, that one of the things that I, I, you know, I am critical of the display for different reasons than most people. Uh, Not um, I I think the benefits uh, for most people are, like you said, the connectivity, um, the uh, all around built inness of the thing. um, The fact that there are no other 5k panels that offer you this retina resolution because people don't seem to understand that there is a difference between the density of a retina resolution uh, monitor at a certain size than there is with other monitors that are UHD. Um, When you increase that to like, if you have a 27 inch UHD monitor, you're going to see discrete pixels um, versus the 27 inch 5k panel because there's a lot more pixels uh so you don't really see them as much they kind of smoothly blend together um it's just how that works and if you are um if you like that kind of stuff and you like the idea of the connectivity etc then it is a better overall fit for your life than it is than 
any of the other PC solutions would be. Um, so like while I don't love the Samsung monitor that I have that we've talked about before, it's a 4K UHD, HDR, high, re- well, not high, but like enough, enough, enough of a refresh rate, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, perfectly fine at what it does. I'm not gaming on that, uh, but it is useful for my job um, because I need the HDR stuff. And 4K is acceptable for that because I would be working and I work on stuff that is UHD resolution. So I that's all okay for me. Um, and I, I would rather make those trade-offs than to not have the HDR. Uh, but that just is a different, different situation. Like a lot of people don't need HDR in their lives. Um, and it is far more critical to like not have to deal with some busted third party hub on the side, trying to manage connections. Um, or in the case of, I know, uh, a lot of people have had issues with the LG Ultrafine in terms of quality and in terms of connectivity and stuff uh yeah think, yeah uh was it like casey and merlin have both had um cables that just fall out the back um that they, <laughs> they no longer sit securely in there they'll just disconnect um and so that is just terrible fit and finish yeah i mean i i think there is a value to that especially considering the price difference between the lg ultrafine and the uh apple studio display but i you know the uh, whatever people decide to do for their own personal office space is okay. As long as you're not a person who has this brand new Apple studio display next to a mismatched monitor. Um, Cause I think that is a travesty. You need to have matching I agree. monitors. Yeah, I yeah. agree. So as, as much as possible, you got to make those monitors match. So since I know you used to have matching monitors, um, are, are there any plans to, uh buy a second display or are you trying to like live with the first display i'm just living with the first display there there could come a time where yes uh i do that but my concern is what apple announces you know in the next three years and can i just not do that i I could just not have um a a second display um between now and then so we'll see it's it's all about sort of weighing out my own waiting out my own um handling of things because i i may not you know feel the need to have two displays and it seems kind of excessive to two 5k displays um on my desk but at the same time right now um when i or whenever i had you know my macbook pro there were i'm trying to think there were four displays total because there were the two Dell displays. There was the MacBook Pro display itself. And then there was um, an iPad Air that I was using at, with the... Sidecar? Not... Yeah, yeah, sidecar, exactly. Um, as a kind of just for holding my Zoom window or whatever window because it could be up next to the camera so it could at least look like I was looking close to the camera. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's... a. Uh, there are far fewer screens whenever you only have one. In fact, there's three fewer screens uh, going from four to one. So mm-hmm. there could come a time, but I don't know because it's it's a that's a pricely excessive purchase for me to make on my you know for me to make with my money. I don't want trouble spending a company's money, but for me to make with my <laughs> money, it's like oh that seems like a lot. So 
Yeah, I. But I can't. I can't have a second display that is not also that display because it's just oh, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, are you passing your your uh, ultra sharps down to Sebastian? Or are they finding a new home somewhere? <laughs> that's what I should do. I should give them uh, to him. I think so. I've, I've had a few ideas. Um, we often will. Um, I'm. I'm a. Again, going back to ADHD, I when I, we watch shows together, um, I like to get other things done. Uh, for depending on the show, I like to get other things done, and will listen to the show for the most part, and not completely watch it. But mm. what I've thought about doing, um, <laughs> you said that groan. It's not for like brand new shows. It's for shows we've watched before, or shows with themes that are pretty consistent. So yeah, for as example, long as it's Australian survivor, then that's fine. Yeah. Or American <laughs> survivor. Like, you know, what's going on. It's, you don't need to see it necessarily, except if it's the challenges, in which case you would watch it. But on the parts where it's just people talking, you can still hear and go, Oh my God, did they really say that? I've been thinking about taking one of these 24 inch monitors and putting it in the kitchen and then running an HDMI repeater so that, uh, there can be a television in the, uh, kitchen area where I tend to be if I'm up doing things while we're watching a show. And so we could be watching the same thing and hearing the show. And it, you know, is, is across the, the large, uh, living dining kitchen space. Um, and then I thought about, cause I'm not big on having a television in the bedroom at all. We don't have a television in the bedroom. I don't have a television in the bedroom. Um, I've never had a television in the bedroom, I mean, uh, but thought about, because there are some times where maybe one person wants to, uh, usually he wants to play a video game, and if I want to watch a show, I'll just watch it on, you know, my my iPad Pro, but um, it could be nice if uh, he wanted to play video games in a different place, and the the television in the living room then is used for watching a show that there could be another monitor um, somewhere else that could do that. So yeah, I've got thoughts for what I would, what I will be doing with these Dell monitors. Cause I'm going to keep using them until they die. They um, they're great monitors, just not as, you know, futuristic and as uh, resolution heavy as more uh, modern monitors. Yeah. And these were the USB-C ones, right? Uh, no, these are, um, Let's see what it says. Dell U2415. Dell UltraSharp 2415. They're um, 1610 instead of 169, which I really like. I, I really like that um, aspect ratio. And they are DisplayPort. So I've got um, one of them is running uh, a you know big, or I should say, because there's DisplayPort and there's mini DisplayPort. So in, on the one monitor, I've got DisplayPort uh, in the back running into the CalDigits DisplayPort port. And then the other one, it's DisplayPort in the back running to a USB-C cable on the other side, which I'm sure is, you know, technically doing mini DisplayPort over it into the back of the CalDigit. And so each of them are DisplayPorts at their, at the head. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I don't like HDMI. I or, or rather I should say I really like DisplayPort. Okay. I don't get as many issues with DisplayPort as I used to have whenever I would run things via HDMI. 
I haven't done a side by side comparison, um, but I know that sometimes depending on the monitor and the device that is receiving the connection uh, or making the connection, whatever. Anyway, uh, that you can have different versions of different things. So sometimes you'll have a version of HDMI on something that can handle HDR, and sometimes you'll have a version of DisplayPort that can't. And so if you Mm. decide to use, if you want to have the HDR, then you need to use the one that supports that, the HDMI. But, you know, that that sort of decision-making of, like, which cable am I going to use based on feature set is uh, unfortunate, and I hope that it goes away someday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, went to. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I was at a uh, a friend's, and they were letting me hook up my uh, laptop to their display, and they had a Dell monitor. I don't know what model it was, but it was just USB C connection or Thunderbolt or whatever. Just popped it in, worked fine. It was just like having my monitor. Everything was okay. Um, no super weird blinky thing happened um, like my monitor does, so that was also good. Uh, and I, it's my understanding. Like one main benefit of your fancy new display is that you don't have like that annoying like flash of connecting, et cetera, thing or input not there, et cetera, like overlays. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you yeah. didn't want to elaborate on that. Well, you're talking about not having the wait, are you saying HDMI doesn't have that? No, I'm just saying your monitor doesn't like Oh. Yes, uh, flash or like have the overlay of like what's connect uh, you know HDMI one connected or something like that as you plug and unplug your your right. fancy Mac Studio it it just has just the display yeah 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 okay I see what you're saying um yeah because a lot of a lot of uh, both televisions and displays have all of these extra features that are meant for um, communicating to the non-techies among us kind of what's going on and if they're doing something wrong or if something's not connected but those just there's that period of time where the flashing is happening and uh resolutions are readjusting and things are kicking in and and that is really it kind of is annoying um <clears throat> at the same time a concern of of having a display that has kind of more user facing firmware than um, other displays do mm. is that you know it can crash if it's running if it's running iOS behind the scenes then there's yeah. a possibility that it could crash and nobody I saw wants somebody, their display to crash that's weird I saw somebody had a, a thing that was a uh, your your display restarted because of a problem yeah and I was just like oh <laughs> that's not ideal um, but uh, hopefully that all gets ironed out uh, I. Do you think that that is an interesting choice that I had not quite anticipated? Is it's like it's it's basically a big iPad um, underneath the hood. Uh, you've got your A13 and your 64 gigabytes of storage for some reason, um, and just all that stuff happening. All that stuff. It seems like it is kind of a waste of that horsepower, I suppose. But uh, maybe they just have a lot of A13 chips lying around that's i mean that's kind of it's a joke but at the same time it's not really i i do wonder that myself if they were just kind of like because if you saw the the teardown of the mac studio from i the mac studio if you saw the teardown of the studio display from iFixit, they basically put the whole dang computer into the display and what i'm kind of annoyed about is um if they had done it the way that they made the iMac where the power brick is 
outside of the iMac and has the little Ethernet cord uh, or Ethernet port in the back of it, yeah. then they could have made it as thin as the new iMacs. But instead, they completely over-engineered, but in this case, you know, uh, good on them because it is pretty cool, um, a, a power supply that fits inside of the display. So that's why it had to be thicker. And they did something that iFixit said they've never seen anyone do before, which is they carved out the board so that the capacitors could fit in between um, the board. So normally, with if you've got a, a power supply um, and you look at it, you'll see these capacitors, these sort of, and, and I know you are familiar, I'm sort of explaining this to whoever's listening. Um, they sort of look like batteries, like uh, AA batteries. They can be different sizes, but the ones that are inside of the, the Mac Studio are, I keep saying that, the Studio Display are around the size of maybe uh, AA batteries. And uh, typically, you've got your your board, the uh, silicone, uh, or sil- excuse me, not silicone, silicon board, and on top of it sit these capacitors, these um, these cylinders that are uh, at the top and the bottom have wires that lead into the board, so they sit on top of it. But what Apple did was they cut out these rectangles in the board so that the capacitors could be kind of halfway in between the front side of the board and the back side of the board. They get kind of slotted into those spaces and that made for less uh, space to be taken up. But most of the display uh, of its of its electronic components, not the display itself, obviously, but most of the electronic components inside are all just the power supply. And that's also why they had to put uh, pretty large fans inside of the uh, display was not because of, was not only because of the backlight, but also because of the power supply being right there behind uh, the the display itself. So I wish that they would have made this studio display super thin and just had that uh, power brick on the floor uh, running into it because then it would be super easy to to have on um, on a vase amount if you wanted to or uh, to move around as you needed to. And so I'm curious why they chose to go thicker. And then because they, while it did feel like they just had some chips lying around and basically put um, an iPhone what, 11 inside of each uh, studio display, what they did do that was new was completely engineer this internal power supply. And it's like, why take the time to do that when in my mind, it's much more delightful to have a thinner display on, on the desk, but. I guess there's a reason. There's yeah, I'm, a reason. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'm one of those people who prefers not to have the external power uh, because then you just wind up those bricks. And especially if you have multiple monitors and you have multiple bricks lying around um, and they don't ever sit anywhere nice on the floor and they just collect dust and they get in the way of everything on your power strip. And I just despise them. But uh, like my monitor has one right now that I just, looked under the table to see how it was doing and it's it's just chilling there just a big old four by four by two inch black plastic blob covered in dust um and i just i do understand the impulse to put it all together i don't agree with their impulse to make the cable non-removable except with a special utility tool thing i don't know why that happened um and maybe 
if they had done what you suggest, the external power supply route, they could have just used what they did with the iMac and the same MagSafe cable, um, which would have been preferable because I just think there's something about how limiting and weird it is to have that uh, permanently attached cable like that. Um, I mean, I'm saying permanently, but like uh, not not intended to be user serviceable, user removable um, uh, display plug. Just a little odd. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... I don't know. I it is odd. That part so doesn't really you li- you, so you like the plug that isn't user removable but you want a power brick. And I don't want the power brick and I want a <laughs> user removable plug. So that's interesting. It's an interesting trade-off yeah. we've got here. I I guess I'm not saying I want the non-user removable plug. I don't care that it's non-user removable because frankly there have been a couple of times where I've accidentally um you know, you adjusting it. the display or something and accidentally pull the power out of the back of the Dell UltraSharp monitor. And as far as that goes, uh, yeah, I, I would like to have that replaced. And at the same time, I've never had to actually replace the power into these Dell monitors. And I've moved them to like four different houses over the course of that time. So the argument that like, oh, that power supply, should, or that, that power cord should be able to be... Um, you should be able to buy a new one and put it in and you should be able to take it out with no problem. Why do you need, why does it need to be taken out? I don't understand why, why is that important? The scenario that I have um, is that I like to put the monitor on top of the desk. And if you have to thread your power cable down, um, there's some ways in which that is not always ideal. However, uh, that mainly has to do with whether or not you've got an, an external power brick. So, like, it's easier for me to plug in the power brick part of the cable into the surge protector and then thread up the uh, cable that plugs into the back of the monitor that's positioned where I want it to be. But if you're dealing with a situation where you don't have any power brick to weigh down the cable, then I guess it doesn't matter which way. You could just drop the cable down there just as easily, perhaps. Um, But, uh, you know, it's... More maneuverability, I suppose. Um, people have cited that they have pets that chew on cables. Um, so I don't know. But just, yeah, bad pets. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, don't don't have a cat. <laughs> um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> don't have chewing animals. Yeah. Uh, but uh, animal fact. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Some animals them. chew, and you should not have them. No. Yeah. You should teach them not to chew. That's what you should do. I mean, which One thing we haven't talked about is which display mount did you settle on? Oh, um, so I needed, since I was the only one getting a studio display, I needed it on uh, launch day so that we could review, un- unbox, and talk about the Mac Studio and the studio display at the same time. So I originally had ordered the Vesa mount um, version, but uh, that one wasn't going to ship until later. So I just got the standard one because that one was uh, able to ship on day one. And I was thinking about how at home I just had two standard um stands on my Dell monitors and I've been fine with that for so long. So it didn't, didn't bother me. So yeah, I just went with the standard one, uh, not paying any extra or waiting longer for the, uh, vase amount version to arrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you didn't get the 400 extra dollar height adjustable. Correct. Key. Okay. I did not. I did okay. not. Yeah. And how are you finding the height of your monitor? That has been a point of contention for some people. 
Well, with it sitting on top of um, the display shelf thingy that it's on, it's fine. I think at its, uh, if it was just on the desk itself, for me as a person with both long legs and a long torso, it would have been an issue uh, just on its own. And I can definitely see why some people had complaints about that for sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I kind of wish they would have... Uh, this is one thing that I don't, I don't know what the conversations are at Apple around these sorts of things, but I kind of wish they had approached the, uh, monitor stand situation, uh, and in a, in a way that made it more unified. Like I believe the pro display XDR, um, you don't have to, uh, buy a special VESA mount version of it. It is VESA compatible and you just have the (laughs) very expensive stand you can buy, um, that goes to the same monitor, uh, if I'm recalling correctly, but it, I don't know why they didn't do something similar instead of having three different versions of this uh, same display. Uh, it seems a little weird. Like, why not have the version be vase amount adaptable and have a stand that can either be replaced with the one that's height adjustable or the one that's not? Yeah, that feels user hostile. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like that. I know that Jason Snell in his review said that uh, it is his understanding. So I'm sure someone said this without wanting to be directly attributed to that uh, if you take it to an apple store they'll be able to swap the back um but uh, i i still don't know that what the price difference is on that sort of situation um so i don't know but i i don't know it, it kind of is off-putting a little but only mildly so like i i have this garbage samsung like as, as i keep saying this bad samsung monitor um it, 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 wonderful bad samsung monitor where if it died (laughs) i would replace it with something else in a heartbeat but (laughs) it is here right now uh doing its job and it has a non-height adjustable non-anything adjustable stand um that is also an incredibly bizarre configuration where it's the sort of like y-shaped plastic thing um that is sort of counterweighted against the back of the display with another angular piece so it doesn't sit well on any surface it sort of like takes up a lot of room considering the size of the thing uh just because of this big black plastic stand part um that is not like the uh dell or hp stands where it tends to be that sort of like rectangular monolith in the back that has the oval cut out and the little yeah that is much smaller footprint than this thing um because you just sort of are left with a lot of uh negative space around it um which is a negative i think uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I still make that work and I made it work with this cheap MDF, uh, riser stand thing that it sits on top of, which actually makes it slightly too, too tall, but I can't, can't lower it by like a millimeter unless I'm just, uh, like shaving off part of the MDF. Uh, so, you know, we all just kind of live with these things and uh, that we do yeah, ultimately it, it's, it's, it's fine. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> Is that what this all boils down to in the end? Yeah. It's yeah. fine. We'll be fine. It's yeah. fine. Everything's fine. Um, and I'm sure that over time, you'll come up with some reason to buy a second monitor. And then you I'm can sure answer my, my last question, which is... How dare you? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I would, be, I would be so happy for you. But uh, if you put the two you know, displays next to each other, does it do anything with the stereo output sound? How does it know which uh... microphone to pick? That's interesting. Yeah. That's a really interesting question. Yeah. I wish I knew someone who did have two and could ask that. Yeah. Or who could answer that. I'm going to actually, I, I know a certain uh, 
gentleman who might be able to answer that question. Um, he's Canadian and he's very nice. And I think that he would, uh, if does if he doesn't have that answer, um, he would ask and find out. Yeah. I mean, I, of course the disappointing answer is it probably just behaves like any other monitor with built-in speakers where it just outputs the same thing to both, but it would be nice if it did some sort of like increased stereo separation or something. Cause the, it's not insignificant to put, put uh, two 27 inch monitors next to each other where you could have like left channels on, you know, one, one monitor and right channels on the other monitor. Um, but I don't know how you would negotiate that sort of thing other than like the display orientation pane is what it uses to derive whether or not something's to the left or to the right. But, you know, whatever. It's just not that important because you'd need to have thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> to actually be bothered by that. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. that's the big thing. So um, I am in that unique scenario where I would be making an investment in one of the monitors and not the other. So it that's the only thing that makes it plausible, but still unlikely, because mm-hmm. I don't think that I want to drop that money on. Like, it's, it's hard to drop that amount of money on a monitor. It's a monitor. You know what I mean? It's not a computer. That's, ugh. Except this monitor is a computer. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, it doesn't behave like one, or at least no. I'm not able to access the stuff to make it behave like one. No. There's all this <sighs> talk about, like, oh, maybe it'll behave like an yeah. Apple TV. and <laughs> I don't believe any of that. Not for a second. I know that's not, that's not really Apple's, uh, MO to be like, Oh, and by the way, we flipped the switch that lets you do seven other things with it. No. Yeah. I I agree with you. Realistic. No, it doesn't feel realistic at all. It feels like these just have these parts lying around. I don't know why there's 64 gigabytes of storage in it. Cause that's more than the base model of, uh, an Apple TV, but whatever. (laughs) That's true. Oh man. You're only going to download temporarily. It's only, you know, you're not gonna. You're not gonna keep it around. It's all for streaming. It's fine. You don't mm-hmm. need 64. <laughs> Big firmware updates. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what it's for. It's for rolling out those entire iOS uh, firmware updates. <laughs> all right. And on that note, I think we can wrap it up here for the day. Well, I think we shall. Um, in, it has been. In, enjoy the rest of your Monday Sunday. Oh, no, Joe, no. (laughs) Don't do me like that. Uh, I will enjoy the rest of my Monday that is a Monday that will always be a Monday um, as we creep ever closer to tax day. (laughs) 